Welcome to the first episode of the San Francisco Giants edition of For the Fans, By the Fans, a Ben J. Shap LLC podcast. In this show, we're going to bring you your weekly dose of all things San Francisco Giants baseball from the fans' perspective. I'm a lifelong Giants fan and your host, Benjamin Shapiro. Today, we're going to kick things off by talking about the Giants' offseason move and what we think the G-Men's strengths and weaknesses are going to be in 2018. But before we get to that, I want to tell you that this podcast is brought to you on behalf of our friends at Fanatics. Fanatics is the global leader in licensed sports merchandise. They have the world's largest collection of official sports apparel from the leagues, teams, and players you love. They're the best place in the world for you to buy your San Francisco Giants gear. So if you're going to buy your Longoria or McCutcheon jersey, maybe you need a new hat or you're getting a t-shirt before spring training, Fanatics is the place for you. We're lucky enough to be Fanatics affiliates, so if you want to help out the For the Fans, By the Fans podcast, go to ftfbtf.com slash giants to buy your San Francisco Giants gear, and Fanatics will give us a little kickback to help pay for the production of this show. Since this is the first episode of the For the Fans, By the Fans, San Francisco Giants edition podcast, we have a very special guest with us today. He's an orthopedic surgeon turned volunteer at-risk youth counselor. He's also a converted Dodger fan who now pulls for the San Francisco Giants. He's the man who taught me at least four of the five key tools of baseball. He's my dad, Dr. Dolph Shapiro. Dad's great to have you here today. It's my pleasure, Ben. As you know, I love spending time with you. Always have, always will. And I appreciate you asking me to uh, help you in this project. So let's start off. You know, in this show, we're going to talk about uh, a weekly show where we talk about how the team is doing, who's playing, some of the strategies, uh, you know, viewing some of our upcoming opponents. Um, But we're going to start off with a little story time with Dr. Dolphy. Specifically, Dad, I want to hear how a kid from Brooklyn, New York, born in the 1860s, I mean, 1940s, uh, grew up as a Dodgers fan and ended up becoming a pretty diehard Giants fan. So tell us how the heck you're rooting for the Giants now. What happened actually was the Dodgers were a great team from the time I was born in 1943 till the time they left in 1958. They won one championship in 1955, beating the Yanks in seven games. After they left, the Mets came in 1962. So there was a four-year period where we had no baseball. And I rooted for the Mets, but your mom, being a native and telling me if I wanted to see my kids, I'd move to San Francisco. So we came here in 1976. And... I loved baseball, so I read the papers and I followed the Giants and I watched the Dodgers too in the papers to see how they were doing. But this was the only uh, team you could actually follow on television and in the papers. Beside the fact that all the players were new, the Drysdales and uh, Koufaxes and the Reese's Snyders, they were all gone. So I followed the new players uh, that were Giants. And then you came along, like baseball, 
we watched together and went to games together, and I became a rabid uh, Giant fan. So when the Giants and the Dodgers played, before I was a kid, who'd you root for? It's hard to say. Uh, Basically, after a couple of years here, I started rooting for the Giants. Okay. So for everybody listening to this podcast, you could take what my dad says, at least with uh, some sense of seriousness, that he is actually a Giants fan. So let's talk about uh, how big of a Giants fan you are now. About how many games would you say that you go to a year? I go to about 25 games a season. And... How much would you estimate that you actually pay in ticket prices? Well, I have a friend who takes me to a lot of games. He's got season tickets. And if his family can't go with him, I'm invited. He's got great seats. So I must go to 15 to 18 games with him. What about the other eight to 10 games? For the other games, I have the most fun actually going out to scalp a ticket. All the scalpers know me. And when I first started, I tried to get a $10 ticket. And then people would tell me, well, hey, man, this isn't the minor leagues. This is the major leagues. I said, okay, well, then no problem. I'll go home and watch it on television. And eventually I waited for the game to start and I got a $10 ticket. Now, over the last several years, the price has gone up. The Giants won three World Series. So now I'll try to get a ticket and I'm willing to give 15 bucks. So you pay for about 10 tickets and probably spend about 150, maybe 200 bucks and you end up going to 25 games. Correct. Not a bad deal. Contacts for everybody listening. My dad lives a couple blocks away from the ballpark, so he'll go out during the you know, early hours before the game and just see if he can get in, sit wherever he wants. Uh, how'd you like last season? Forget about it. Well, it wasn't quite as bad as Cal's basketball season this year. Yeah, well, that's probably a positive way to look at it, unless you're a Bear fan like the two of us. Uh, needless to say, the season was probably disappointing, according to most everyone's expectations. How did you think the team was going to do last year? Well, I thought they were going to be much more competitive. Did you think they'd make the playoffs? They had a good chance, I felt, of making the playoffs. They had a good pitching staff. They were coming off, you know, some good years. They got Cueto, Samaja, Kane, and Bum. So I thought with that pitching staff, that that would carry them to the playoffs, yes. Yeah. So if you assume that they're a fringe playoff team, that's probably an 88 to 92 win team to be a wild card. So they essentially finished what they have 68 wins, something like, you know, almost 30 games below what your expectations are for last year. Obviously, the, the season was a nightmare. It wasn't very much fun to watch and you still went to the games So tell me, how much are you enjoying your retirement when the Giants are as bad as they were last year? It's just tough to take. You go out, and what was the expression Crook used to use? What was the term? Grab some pine meat? No, no. The one word started with a T. Torture. Torture, thank you. That was Kuiper. Kuiper. Those games were torture because they couldn't hit, they couldn't run, and... They couldn't pitch, they couldn't throw. And they weren't well-managed. I don't know about managing. If you don't have the horses, what can you do? But if you went to the game and you knew the other team scored four runs, it was over. It was a rough season. 
And now we have this year to look forward to. So let's talk about how you feel about some of the offseason moves. Uh, the offseason was highlighted by the acquisition of Evan Longoria, of Andrew McCutcheon, uh, former MVP, multiple all-stars for both of them. They brought in a center fielder, Austin Jackson. There was one other acquisition. A long reliever. That's right. And they had a, a reliever that they brought in whose name escapes me right now. Right. Uh, how do you feel about the acquisitions? How do you feel about the strategy of going after veterans? I kind of liked it because the alternative wasn't good, and that's to break up the whole team. And it was too good a team to do that. So for the short term, I thought it was a good move because I think both Longoria and McCutcheon still have gas in the tank. The problem is going to be with the other guy out there, and that's Pence. I'm not sure what he has left in the tank. And if he doesn't have something, I think there's a problem because Austin Jackson is not an everyday player either. So the outfield might be a mess, and you might be looking again at who will play. Will it be Williamson, Parker? Will Duggar be able to carry? He's certainly good enough to play in the outfield. Defensively. Defensively. But can he hit more than 210? And that's to be determined. So the holes that the team had last year were numerous. Outfield was obviously a disaster. They at least plugged one of the holes with McCutcheon, you know, barring injury and hoping that he performs to his sort of career average. They have a plus player at one of the outfield spots. I think they're hoping to have the collective of Jackson and Duggar in center field, and then Pence stays healthy with a platoon from Parker or Williamson. So let's say the outfield is improved, but probably not plus relative to most other major league outfields. Let's talk about the infield. Um, you know, they plugged a hole at third base. Obviously, that was an issue after the Nunez trade. Are you sad that Pablo Sandoval isn't going to be manning the hot corner this year? Not at all. Bottom line, he's a backup catcher. He would be, as a switch hitter, a good guy off the bench to designate hit. Calling him a switch hitter is like saying that he's a swimsuit model. He can't hit from the left side to save his life. <laughs> That's a good analogy. But in the pinch, they could use him if he's on the team. I mean, I, I haven't seen him, so I'm not sure... If he can bend over to pick up the ball, I, I think I, as much as I have always been pro Pablo and you, I think that we've talked about this a fair amount. Pablo was my guy during the World Series run. You know, well, he was my he favorite three home runs. before he hit the <laughs> three home runs. He was the round mound of rebound sitting at third base. And, and I loved the personality they brought. Yes. And he was the beginning of the transition for this team from being really a, a terrible team. I mean, we were really bad, you know, the Pedro Feliz years. And then we had some pitching prospects with Kane and Lincecum, and that's when we started to turn it around. But when Pablo came, the lineup started to happen, and they added Posey, but he was really the beginning of the change of the lineup. So I always had an affinity to him. Now having him back is almost a tease of like, the you know, the years foregone. But, uh, you know, I joke, but obviously they they – they solved a problem at third base with Longoria, older veteran, still sort of mid-career, but probably on the back nine. Um, 
And then we have the rest of the infield, which looks relatively the same as last year. And it was an underperforming infield. How do you feel about the rest of the infield? I don't have great expectations for Crawford to hit more than 250, 260. I don't see him batting fifth. He's not that type of hitter. Great fielder, but I just don't think you can bank on him year in, year out, getting 80 RBIs. He's not a middle-of-the-lineup guy. Okay, so great fielder. Panic is a contact hitter. I would say if he could hit 275 to 295, it's decent. The guy that has been uh, disturbing me for years was Belt. And, you know, I sat next to him at a luncheon. He's a great guy, but he just is irritating to me. Taking pitches, I know he walks a lot, but it's so frustrating to watch him take a called third strike time and time again. I say to the fellow who gets me the tickets, if he goes 1-2 and two or 0-2, oh just put K on your scorecard, he's done. And usually that's true. Catcher's obviously a plus position, and we'll stay talking about the pitching staff for a second. To me, when we're talking about the lineup, I think that we both agree that, you know, Belt is an asset, but is in the middle of the lineup guy. And Panic is an asset and is in the middle of the lineup guy. And so to me, the question is, you know, let's talk about the batting order and have they solved that middle of the lineup power gap that they had? And can they push the guys that are top of the lineup, get on base contact hitters up? And can they push the guys that are value added bottom of the lineup guys down and really have balance throughout the lineup? Because that's what seemed to work uh, in the championship years is that, you know, everybody could get a hit throughout the lineup and people seem to be in the right positions. Talk to me about what you think the lineup should be for this year. I'm not sure. Who's the leadoff hitter? Well, I would say the center fielder at this stage. No matter who it is. Who's the center fielder? A Jackson. I would probably put Panic second. And then, let's see, Posey, Longoria, and uh, McCutcheon, you know, somewhere, three, four, five. I don't know how you want to do that. Uh, Maybe Longoria third, Posey fourth, McCutcheon fifth, um, Belt sixth. No, I'm sorry, Pence, then Belt, Crawford. Did I forget anyone? And then the pitcher. No, it's a pitcher spot. Yeah. So what's interesting to me is, A, you have Austin Jackson at the top of the lineup, penciled in. Um, my understanding of Austin, let's talk about Austin Jackson first. You know, obviously that's a... The guy that's going to get the most at-bats throughout the season, if he ends up being the pitcher, what do you think his career batting average is? I have no idea. Give me a shot in the dark. I'd say 270. 275. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's his on-base percentage, though? What do you think it is? 330. 336. So you're pretty right on. So I'd call that, you know, slightly above average. Uh, my understanding with him is that he has pretty dramatic splits between righty-lefty. So I think they end up platooning in center field and assuming Duggar, I think they want Duggar to be the center fielder. I think the question is if he can hit his weight. Could he lead off? He's got speed. He can steal bases. He might do that. So far, I mean, it's take whatever you want out of the preseason. So far, he's shown a little power in the preseason. 
so I think that, you know, indications are he's going to get some playing time and I think he's going to make the team. I think what they'll do is start off with the platoon. So I think Austin Jackson is the opening day center fielder, but eventually they work Duggar in more and more and hope that he takes the job. But, you know, you have a, a moderate on-base percentage guy with some speed at the top of the lineup. Panic seems like a natural number two. The middle of the lineup is the big question for me. So you said it was Posey, Longoria, McCutcheon. Longoria, Posey, McCutcheon. Three, four, five. Longoria, Posey, McCutcheon. Why do you think that's the order? Well, I think you'd like to see uh, Posey batting cleanup. Longoria is a power hitter, and he hits for average, so he'd be three. And McCutcheon, well, if he has gas left in the tank, he's going to be really good. Yeah, I think that the ballpark plays a lot into the order and that it'll change between the home and the road splits. I think that what they're going to do is put Posey batting third uh, because they want to get him uh, more at bats at the top of the lineup. I think McCutcheon probably has the best right-handed power. Um, and so I think that they're going to put him as the cleanup hitter with uh, Longoria in the fifth hole. Uh, that's that's at least how I would do it. And then, you know, they have a lot of righties in a row then. You're going to end up with righty, righty, righty. So I think it ends up being belt sixth and uh, Pence seventh. Or they're going to put Belt fourth to break up righty-lefty, and Longoria is going to end up getting pushed down to the sixth part well, of the lineup. I have another theory, because if Jackson can't lead off, you might put Belt number one. No, it's going to be McCutcheon. If they, I think if they really? put a power— Yeah, McCutcheon's much faster than Belt. I mean, he's a little older. I don't know how much they want him stealing bases, but I think that he's got a good shot at being leadoff. And they've done—they put Pence at leadoff last year, too. I don't like that at all. I think that's a recipe for him blowing his hamstring out. I want as little pressure on Pence as possible, and I want them to platoon him at the beginning of the year so he's ready at the end of the year. I would you know, play him 120 games this year instead of the 140 they'd like. So you'd use him as your sixth hitter, Pence? Yeah, yeah, somewhere six and seven. I guess if I was, now that I'm thinking about it, trying to break up the righties and lefties, if that's important to Boach, you probably get Jackson first. Panic second, uh, Posey. So now you have lefty, righty. Then you'd put belt and cleanup. And you get the other power hitters in five and six. Uh, then maybe put Crawford to get somebody left-handed and put Pence eighth. Uh, you see a lot of fastballs before the pitcher, before, you know, in that, that spot. So maybe that's the right place. And it's hard to think of Pence being dropped that far down the lineup, but I think that's reality these days. So let's talk about the pitching staff. What's what's going to be better this year, the starting rotation or the bullpen? Oh, certainly the bullpen. It can't be worse. You think that there's more improvement out of the bullpen? Well, we're getting Smith. So he's back. They brought in a, a lefty from Texas. Mm -hmm. They have Dyson. You get Malconan coming off the injury. You still have Hunter Strickland, uh, Derek Law. I've well, we don't know of. who's going to be there. I could tell you that uh, you're not going to see Okert. You won't see Osich. Those guys are, you know, basically the lefties that they rolled out, the, the tuna cans from last year. I, I think they're banking on those guys uh, being somewhere else. So we're banking on Dyson in eighth, Melanson in the ninth, 
And let's say the starting pitchers go five, six innings. So who's there? Will Smith yeah. is a lefty. They brought in a lefty from Texas. No, he was from the Dodgers. The lefty that they brought in. No, no. What's his name? He played for the Dodgers at the end of last year. Tony Watson played for the Dodgers last year. I don't know anything about him. Um, uh, so. so I think that the bullpen will be much improved. Uh, to me, let's say the starting pitcher leaves in the fifth. You're going to have what will probably be Derek Law, Hunter Strickland, maybe Ty Block. You know, it depends on how the fifth starter race shakes out. But let's say Ty Block ends up being the long man. So you get Block coming out, uh, putting the fire out. Hunter Strickland, righty power pitcher. You have Will Smith as the lefty, who's kind of a middle-inning guy uh, coming off an injury. Let's assume that Tony Watson ends up being the late-inning lefty, right? He's your Javi Lopez as opposed to your Affeld. You know, and I think that that's the recipe that they're going is they have a left-handed specialist and then a lefty reliever that can get lefties and righties out. So fifth-inning block, sixth-inning, you throw in Strickland, Will Smith, seventh-inning, Tony Watson, Eighth inning, Dyson. Ninth inning, Melconan. Melanson. Melanson? No, Melconan. Melanson. Melanson. He didn't play enough last year. He wasn't good enough for me to remember his name. Mark, come on, man. Expensive free agent signing. Disastrous first year. Obviously battling through an injury. I'm sure he's a tough guy. But that one was a shot in the pills last year. It was like Santiago Casilla all over again. Benitez. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Tell everybody who your favorite reliever of all time is. Benitez. No, no, come on. Five pounds of shit in a 10-pound bag. <laughs> Gene Machi, ring a bell? And the other guy, they had two just like, I think they were the same uniform and had the same body built. Yeah, they had the same <laughs> trainer. His name was Jack in the Box. All right, so you think that the, the bullpen's going to be yeah, improved? Yeah, it can't be worse. Uh, it was a disaster it last year. It can't be worse. The bread is buttered with the starting pitching. What is the rotation? I can tell you this for sure. Bumgarner is going to be first. <laughs> That's it. Can he pitch second too? <laughs> I'll tell you, there's no way I could tell you anything about Samaja. I feel the same way about him as I do of Belt. To me, he's going to be a 500 pitcher. And Cueto, who knows? I mean, hopefully he can win 15 games. Cueto battled battled the blister injury last year. I don't think they brought him back super quickly. I don't think he was very motivated at the end of the year. He knew it was a crap team. He was probably trying to figure out what he was going to do, whether he was going to be in San Francisco or not. Uh, It was a bummer of a year for him. I think that the hope is that he's the second pitcher and he's, you know, hopefully a 15-win pitcher, um, where you have Bumgarner as an eighth winning, you know, 18 games if he has a good season. I agree with you. I think Samarja, you know, is a 500 pitcher. I'd love to see him drop down to the fourth spot. In an ideal world, he'd be a great fifth starter. Um, They don't have the horses right now, but, you know, when we had a great bullpen, he would have been a great bullpen. When we had a great starting staff, I think that he would have been our fifth starter. Who are the other two starters? Good luck. It'll have to be a Stratton or Block and Beattie. So do you think it's Bum, Cueto, Samarja, Stratton, Block, or Block, Stratton? Or they'll get a free agent. 
yeah, I think the ship has sailed on them getting a free agent. They brought in Derek Holland, who was the pitcher for Texas. And that was when they were competitive in the Josh Hamilton years when we beat him in the World Series. He was on that team. And I think they're hoping for a Vogel song type reentry into the league, but I wouldn't put a lot of uh, faith or stock in that. So what's the weakness of the team and what's the strength of the team this year? You got lineup, bullpen, and starting pitching. Where are they a plus? Where are they a minus? I think they're going to be a minus in starting pitching and in the outfield. What are the strengths of the team? Where are I they going to excel? I think the strength will be uh, added power in the lineup. Uh, they'll be able to score more. And I think the bullpen will be much better. Will that be enough to take them to the playoffs? Let's temper everybody's expectation. Let's talk about what do you think is the worst case scenario for this team? 500. 500 is the worst case scenario. So that is what a, what was their record? 68 wins last year. So that's a 13 game improvement from last year. That's the worst case scenario. I think so. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally. The worst case scenario for this team is Cueto is a 500 pitcher. Samarja has a year like last year. They've signed expensive old free agents that break down. They don't get a lot of value. They're stuck with them. Everyone is on the Hunter Pence ready for retirement tour. They waste Bumgarner and Posey's last good years, and this thing falls apart, and they are the same team as last year. The bullpen is a collection of injured arms, and you know it just ends up being a train wreck like last year. We've seen what the basement looks like. I don't think this team is going to be that bad, but I think that that's worst-case scenario. Tell me what you think is best-case scenario. A wild card. No one's going to beat the Dodgers. And the other teams are tough. I mean, Colorado's got a good team. Arizona's a good team. San Diego has a team. Yes. So you hope these folks have good seasons. Give me give me a number, right? Uh, if a playoff team is 88 wins, best case scenario. 92 wins. I would have said the exact same number. 92 and they're competing for a division championship and barring major injuries with the Dodgers, they probably end up with a wild card. To me, you know, if I'm thinking about the most positive outlook for this team is they've solved the power discrepancy. So the lineup picks up last year was a crap year in every sense. And they get value out of Hunter Pence and moving Posey, sorry, Posey, and moving Panic and Belt to their natural places in the lineup helps them be more productive. You get good top-line starting pitchers. Hopefully, BD becomes something. He be, ends up as your third or fourth starter, which moves Samarja down. You get two 500 pitchers at the back of the rotation, and they finally reestablish the bullpen with some of their offseason moves and people recovering from injuries. And you got a Hall of Fame manager, so you get into the playoffs and then, you know, all hell breaks loose and they become the San Francisco Giants again. And it's it's an even year, right? What year is it? You know, that's, you know, they catch lightning in a bottle. I wouldn't bet on it. What do you think is going to happen this year? In what regard? What's I mean, their record? I think between 85 and 92 wins. 85 and 92 wins. That's a That's a pretty broad range. So you think that they're going to be competing for a, a, wild, card. a wild card? Yes. Um, I'm pulling up the odds that Vegas has for this team. And their expectation is that the Giants win 
81 and a half games. So that is they're a 500 team, a little less than 500, and they're not making the playoffs. I think my expectations, they're a couple games over 500, and maybe they eke out the second game in the wild card. I think that this is an 86 to an 88 win team, uh, unless they make a trade for a starting pitcher, because I think they're going to end up with rotation problems. I am very uncertain about Samarja, Beattie, Block, Suarez, Stratton. Like there, there are too many question marks in the back end of the rotation. So I think they're going to feel it out at the beginning of the year, see if the lineup is going to work, and hopefully make an offseason move to pick up a couple of wins at the end of the year. So uh, first week of the season, spring training, not much to tell from the performance so far, um, but I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the For the Fans, By the Fans, San Francisco Giants edition podcast. Dolph Shapiro, Dad, thanks for uh, joining us. My pleasure indeed. Go Giants. Go Giants. Okay, that's a wrap for today's show. Our plan is to do this every week, so if you want more Giants baseball in your podcast feed, click the subscribe button. Also, since we're just getting started, we'd love for you to give us a rating in the Apple iTunes store, or if you have any questions, you could reach us at forthefansbythefans.com. Thanks to our friends at Fanatics. Don't forget, if you're going to go buy your San Francisco Giants gear, head to ftfbtf.com giants, and Fanatics will kick us a couple of bucks to help produce the show. Until next time, in the immortal words of Dwayne Kuyper, Swing and a miss, and that's it!